0: Planning a trip to one of the great national parks? LL Bean went to the experts at the National Park Foundation to get the inside scoop on which parks are the best to visit in each season. Whether you're looking for outstanding scenery, smaller crowds, or unique activities, LL Bean be an outsider. To check out the full list of recommendations, visit llbean.com/slash/explore. <laughs> Welcome back to the Final Four. It's not on the schedule. He is Rod. I am Cameron. And Michigan State takes down number four, Purdue, 68-65 to 65 at the Breslin. Um, and, Rod, it, it looked like I was watching a completely different team today. Uh, it were. It it, worked. it was just unbelievable how the difference in these two games. Um, you know, at, at one point they're up in the second half by uh, double digits and then let Purdue get back into it. Um, But got some stops uh, when they needed to, and then Tyson Walker comes up and hits the game winner um, before all this whatnot, bizarre stuff that happened at the very end of that game. I'm not sure what in the world.
1: Uh, Yeah, look, um, let's go to the the dumbest part first, which was (laughs) that end sequence. There's two things that were really bad. The first is Malik Hall's decision. Mm-hmm. You don't ever do that. You don't ever in that situation throw the ball under under your own the basket you're defending, mm-hmm. you know? You don't ever 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 do that. For exactly this reason. You know, so that was a and I understand he was trying to get it to his point guard, but that didn't matter so much. It didn't matter at all in fact. All that you need to happen is somebody on either side to make contact with the inbounded ball and mm-hmm. the game's over. You don't even care if it's Purdue catching it. Yeah. Really? As long as you, you throw it into the forecourt. So that was the first thing. So let's not excuse that brain fart. Yeah. But the, that review, I mean, these guys struggled all day long. We keep saying it. It's a constant litany, and I hate to talk about officiating. Because it's and I and I don't think it had anything to do with who won or lost. I don't think that it ultimately kept Purdue closer than they deserved to be in this game. Mm. But um, they blew that call. I mean, everyone. I think everyone could see when they blew that angle up. Tyson Walker's foot, his left foot, was clearly still in bounds. Yeah. So. I, I don't know how, after spending five minutes looking at that angle, you can you can come to a different conclusion. The only thing I can figure is that they they decided that there just wasn't conclusive enough evidence. Which to me, it, come on.
0: Well, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. My question with that play is is if the call was that they were out of bounds, that the ball was out, and I assume that it was because he was they thought he was still stepping out of bounds, and then when you go to review it, you would be reviewing whether he whether or not his foot was on the line as he touched the ball. But no. can you go back no. and, and in retrospect I think on so. a review and say, well, he went out and then came in. That That's what it was. That's
1: what the that's what the that's what the call is. That a player I believe I've got this right, a player making his first touch, the first touch of a ball in play, kinda of, you see this occasionally, more often you see it where a guy's, say, running the baseline, Uh and he goes out of bounds, and they rule that he wasn't forced out, and if he's forced out, it's supposed to be a foul call. But he goes out of bounds and then catches. He's the first. you know, That's his first movement. Somebody else didn't catch the ball first Uh before he did. That's the call. It has to be. It has to be that they ruled Tyson Walker went out of bounds, and therefore he's not eligible to touch the ball first at that point. It would have had to have been somebody else. Okay. Only way that call makes sense. And, and I understand the rule that would be a correct application of the rule. I think they blew the call. Yeah, he was. He wasn't was out of bounds. <laughs> I don't think he was out of bounds, but whatever. So we dispense with that. Cause I, I, I don't want to spend the, the, the more important thing here is Tyson Walker delivering when they absolutely had to have it. and, it's it was an example of what we've been talking about pretty much all year long. Mm-hmm. He can get a shot when he wants. And that was an example of it. He now granted it was, it was good stuff from MSU that they forced the switch on the pick and roll. So he had Trevion Williams guarding and Trevion Williams can't stay with Tyson Walker, mm-hmm. but no big man in this league can stay with Tyson Walker. There aren't any Xavier for all the big, big man talent in this league aren't any Xavier Tillman's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and Trevion Williams certainly cannot stay with Tyson Walker. So Tyson Walker, I saw in the post game interview, he said, you know, he made his best move. And once he did that, created some space with it. Um, he released and he knew the shot was going in from the point he released it. Yep.
0: And And that was it. And in terms of like, what, the team needs Tyson Walker to be, you couldn't have possibly ended a game any better than that. That's yep. the guy he needs
1: to be. That's Absolutely. Just well, you know, I was on, um, I was on Jack Ebling's uh, show yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, I got to get better with tweeting that out in advance to people. Cause I've been on frequently the last few weeks. And that was a comment that Jack made in, in the flow of our conversation about Tyson Walker, where I think we're both on the same page. Like if right now, Michigan State the guy you want with the ball in his hands to make a play in a situation exactly like that that's what we talked about would be Tyson Walker mm-hmm. because he's he's a very good shooter we've seen that all year long but just as importantly as we also saw in this play he can create space for himself he can in the parlance get his own shot yeah. that's what he did he gets isolated on Williams he knows with his handle and his quickness, Williams can't really stay with him. Twenty-two feet, twenty-one feet from the basket, he's at kind of at his mercy, and that's exactly what he did. He he create used his dribble to create enough space to get a, a fairly good look. I won't say it was totally uncontested because it wasn't wide, wide open, but he had a lot of room. Yeah, Trevion yeah. Williams, that was not a, a strong contest. And that was it. And and I'll tell you, it was I think it was justice. The basketball gods were paying attention in this one because Michigan State down the stretch had two or three, definitely one from Hall and one from Christie that should have been in yeah. <laughs> from three. That just wouldn't drop. MSU deserved one mm-hmm. in that situation and they chose the right guy. I'll tell you you might also say, and, and we'll never know for sure, but you might say fortune smiled on Michigan state in a different way that AJ Hogard had cramps. Yeah. And that meant that Tyson Walker had to be in there, had to be that guy. Now it's possible they would have played both of them in that situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't rule that out at all. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of that lately. Yeah. Um, but we'll, it, it's certainly a possible way to look at this is that Michigan state is for all the great things AJ did today. And I thought he played an outstanding game. Um, that is a play that you want for Tyson Walker. Mm-hmm. Maybe AJ would have done something different. Maybe he would have gotten to the rim. You know, we'll never know, but I, I like the way it worked out because in that circumstance, I think Tyson Walker is the guy that you go to Yeah. And this team where they are right now. I was told make or miss. I was totally comfortable with that.
0: Yeah, so the uh, – I mean, the defense really, when you look at Purdue being the number two three-point shooting team in the country, one for nine. Uh,
1: that is that is the single most important stat of the game. This game was in so many ways a carbon copy of that game I talk about all the time yeah. in 2018. You know, um, you had Zach Eady playing the role of Isaac Hosk. And do it really, really well. Although I thought MSU did a pretty good job with him, all things considered. I mean, you can do a good job against Zach Eady, and still see him hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's just the the facts. I didn't think Michigan State was bad at all against Zach Eady. No, I really didn't. I thought they fought him. Um, but it, the game plan was, if anything, it was because I don't think I don't think Purdue that dad have to go back and look at the stats. I don't think they were held to one make from three. I mean, it's certainly not. They they were definitely held down, but I don't think they were one for nine. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that that's... was look that that's that's the story of mm-hmm. this game. I mean, I, I, I think it's I think it's pretty simply put. Um, Michigan State, and we talked about it a lot. Michigan State's ability to limit the damage Purdue did from three was always going to be critical always. And then you add in the fact that Michigan state itself went nine for 20 from three. Well, that's going to offset a whole lot of Zach Eady Mm -hmm. and it did. And that's, you know, that that's, it's as simple as that. Why'd they win the game? I mean, we're going to talk about other factors, but you can really, I think, look at those two things and, feel pretty good that that was the most important part of mm. what happened. Yeah. You know, was that MSU shot the three very well as I figured they might have a chance to do because, and, and again, they missed some other great looks that just wouldn't go. I mean, MSU absolutely could have been plus 50% in this game mm-hmm. with the quality of look they had. I mean, Purdue just, I think Purdue was maybe a little better defensively in some ways, Than I'd expected them to be. But that was an area of vulnerability that absolutely showed up. Mm -hmm. They've been doing that all year. They give teams good looks and a lot of them, and oftentimes they get burned by it. And that's what happened today. But one for nine from three. I mean, both parts of that. Obviously, the one is tremendous, but only nine attempts? Yeah. That's That's amazing. That's not what Purdue wants to do. But they, honestly, I didn't see a single passed up. Good look. No, not one. You could maybe argue if you're a, if you're a Purdue fan, maybe your argument is we were too intent on going into the post and, and especially with Edie, unlike Williams, Edie really doesn't kick it out.
2: Mm.
1: He's not looking for shooters as much. I mean, you saw that today. He gets the ball on the blocks. He's looking to score and, and maybe you could argue, well, what we were running wasn't going to be as conducive to getting, enough attempts up as, as we should have, but man, in terms of the way the game played out, Purdue didn't have any opportunities. They left on the table. They just didn't have the opportunities. And that's a credit to what Michigan state did defensively. I mean, it was just, it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. And it, it brings after, after how hard the last three weeks or so, especially have been in terms of feeling like I no longer had a grasp. <laughs> Of this program i mean i I go back to tons of things the way they were playing the the lack of energy and effort at times um is those comments after tyson walker's explosion against illinois all these things that just made me think what what happened Mm -hmm. why this isn't the world i've known today was absolutely 100 the world i know (laughs) it was msu playing straight up And saying, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us with twos because we're taking away your threes. Mm -hmm. And they did it, and they executed. And um, hats off, man! They just—I couldn't be prouder of the the effort that they put. Yep. Uh, And you
0: look at the starting lineup. A couple shakeups. They they started Malik Hall. They started Marble. um, And Marble really showed up today. Twelve minutes or twelve points, three rebounds, five for five from the floor. Two for four from three and from the free throw line, including some big ones down the stretch. Uh, a steal, a couple
1: turnovers, but man, he was fighting Edie. Yeah, hard. Uh, he he played he played very very hard. And you know, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the game totals, and I don't see anybody on the Michigan State side with more than three rebounds. Mm-mm. But. Um, that doesn't tell the story, I don't think. Now, now look, Purdue had. Let me do the math here. It's it's still too high of an offensive rebounding rate, but thirty point four percent is a win for yeah. Michigan
0: State. That's yeah. a win. They were seventh in the country in in, right. in that. I mean,
1: so that that is a win uh, for this team where they are. That opponent, that is a win. Yeah, uh, you know the the those areas, right? Rebounding and turnovers that we talk about as being so important. And you looked at it coming in, and you said, "Wow, forget you know, forget that Purdue is an offensive juggernaut." But then on top of that, the odds are good you're not going to get as many chances to score as they do mm-hmm. because of the way they offensive rebound and the way that they pretty decently limit turnovers. And certainly by comparison to Michigan State, well, you could say. Michigan State pretty much played them evenly. I give Purdue a slight advantage because they did have one Mm. on the boards, but it wasn't dramatic. But the turnovers, my God, Um, MSU with nine, and Purdue with, what was it, 16? 16, yeah. Five turnovers for Jaden Ivey. And and here's the other thing, too. I want to take a quick look at this. MSU had, so 16 turnovers, MSU had four, five, six, MSU had seven steals. That was a game where for the most part, I felt Purdue's turnover problems were actually a result in large part of the way Michigan state was defending. Yeah. That was not the MSU issue where they're just, you know, completely self-inflicted. You Now, again, you could say, well, Jaden Ivey's putting his head down and going into the lane, and, of course, he's going to be a Well, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, Michigan State, with a variety of guys, but I would say a lot, A.J. Hogard, um, just put up a wall. And, and Ivey did his damage. I mean, you can't say he played a poor game. He's five for ten from the floor. Um so what do you have, 10, 11, so 16, 16. points. It's a point or so, a point and a half under his average, but not bad. Uh, but I would say, you know, one assist, five turnovers. Yeah. that's And the fact that he only got 10 shots. Now, granted, he also shot seven free throws, but MSU did not let him have an easy game.
0: Yeah, he were, was there,
1: dominating the ball
0: a lot this oh, game. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, as he, as he should be. hmm you know, But there are, there are times when Purdue got – and Purdue is a really good screening team. They usually are, and they definitely are this year. And there were times where MSU just didn't get where they needed to be in pick-and-roll coverage, and he was able to get loose and get down the lane for a finish. But, you know, what was also interesting in this game, if you've watched, if our listeners have watched any decent amount of Purdue this season, you, one of the most impressive things Ivy does, and it's the thing that really highlights for me why the NBA finds him so attractive and should, is he will, in half-court scenarios, off the dribble, often take it to the rack and dunk on people. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean off-lobs. I mean off the dribble. To just get by to the people. rim. Flush. Yeah. yeah. Where you don't even necessarily see it coming. It looks like normal offensive flow, and then he just explodes. I don't think he had a dunk today Mm-mm. did he? yeah so even those finishes were were you know tougher maybe than some of them he typically gets so I, yeah um, just to me it was it was MSU's defensive. you know when you say MSU played really well defensively and they did Purdue still shot plus 50 percent mm-hmm. because you know they're getting all that action around the rim but where it mattered. The reason that Purdue is an elite offensive team is they can do everything. And MSU took away the perimeter entirely, took it away. Um, When you do that, you give yourself a chance. And then, you know, you need to shoot the ball well yourself. Michigan State did that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to not self-implode with uh, an unnecessarily high amount of turnovers. MSU was in single digits you need to at least compete on the boards. MSU did that, so yeah. they, they checked all the boxes and, and you know, one, one other point in all of this, I guess, is to say MSU did all of these things so well. And they did at home and they won on a three with a second and a half to go.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> how
1: good Purdue is. Yeah. Offensively. Yeah. That's, that's the, the capability that Purdue has, but, um, yeah, I, 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 again, I keep saying it. I could not be happier. And you know, I was. <laughs> I thought about this at the end of the game. Obviously, people who listen to our last couple of podcasts know this, but I, I mentioned before that I was on Jack Ebling's show yesterday, and the talk was very depressing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know. And I I think what it's it's and I'm thinking about this in conjunction with last year as well and other years, too, but especially this year and last year, because it's been much more pronounced. There's this concept in the stock market that the only the only point that you can really have growth in the stock market, a real rally after you've had a downturn, there's this term capitulation Mm. where it means that there's the everybody is selling everybody you can't find a buyer anywhere and it's only at that point when it has gotten that bad there are no optimists left anywhere that it can turn around well Mm. perhaps (laughs) perhaps there is a similar dynamic at play not that my thoughts or any other fans thoughts have anything to do with the reality but it Mm. it did occur to me um more from a sense of amusement than anything else, but that it is because I definitely felt I was at a moment of capitulation. I mean, one of the questions Jack asked me was um, what's more likely MSU wins three of the last four or lose all four. And I said, I, I can't believe I'm saying it and I hate to say it, but lose all four. Mm -hmm. Well, then we see this and, and it's, it's hard to understand and yet it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Because this is what this kind of effort kind of a human nature about. thing. It Well, yeah. I, what I was going to say, we've this is what we expect. Yeah. From a Tom Izzo team, this that you have some bad games. You maybe even have some games where you didn't give the kind of effort, didn't play with the kind of energy that you normally do. And then you rally. But we hadn't. It just kept extending. Mm hmm. And you just, yeah, yeah. I'm speaking for myself. I, I was beginning, as I said a little earlier, to think that I no longer have any grasp of what this is about, what the <laughs> program is about, what this team is about. There have been years where I've felt really, really dialed into where they were at. Mm-hmm. This is not one of them. But, you know, the other way you can look at it is, well, this was bound to happen. Yeah. Because it's Tom Izzo over there. And you know that these kids care, which I never doubted that. But I wondered, do they have enough to get off the mat in this kind of environment, against this kind of team and respond? And the answer was yes. Yeah. Uh, Rod, you look at AJ Hogard, thirty minutes, eleven
0: points, three rebounds, six assists to three turnovers, a block and a steal.
1: You know, and and those numbers three. are those numbers are decent, but I think he played far better than that. And the reason I think he played far better than that, honestly, was uh, the way he defended. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, you say Jaden Ivey didn't have a bad game, but five turnovers certainly puts a little bit of a chink in the armor. I think it's fair to say Jaden Ivey had a little bit of a subpar game, right? Yeah. Overall, when you add in the turnovers. And those turnovers, uh, pretty much all of them, I mean, how many steals did Hogarth had? We well, only credited him with one, but man, that doesn't seem like more than that yeah it really did i'm wondering if they well they gave him a block too so maybe one of those they called a block but in any event i thought aj hogard in the lane first of all he didn't let he didn't let ivy consistently turn the corner on him he did Mm -hmm. sometimes because he's a great player he's going to get his but he made it tough and then when when ivy was trying to get into the lane and it wasn't all aj by himself you know uh Robbie, uh, Robbie Hummel was talking about Michigan state doing a great job of walling up and they did. But AJ was the man at the point of that. And I thought he was really, really good defensively. He made, he made it tough for Ivy. And then offensively again, six assists, man, it felt like more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, I
0: thought he was was, amazing
1: in transition. Yeah. He was finding guys. And we're going to talk about that as a key MSU after weeks, where it's been MIA, finally found yeah. its transition game again. But but I would say that much of that, unusually for Michigan State, was a function of the turnovers, and, and aggressive you know play, plays where Michigan State forced a turnover, mm-hmm. and used that to get into transition. I mean that was consistently happening. It wasn't the normal MSU formula where it's defensive rebounding or you're running after a make, they didn't get a lot out of that. They got a lot out of those moments where they stripped somebody yeah. or, you know, occasionally like i off a block shot, maybe, you know, those types of things that was more commonly how they did it. Um, but it was always oh, a welcome sight. but yeah. to go back to AJ, yeah, the, the numbers are not terrible, but I don't think they're as good actually as, um, the way he played. Mm-hmm. I think he was even better than those numbers suggest. Yeah. Uh, and then
0: Gabe Brown, uh, 13 points, a rebound, and assist, hit three of five from three, a couple free throws. That was a welcome yeah. sight. <laughs> it,
1: it, it, wa- it was. Um, and I, there's a stat, and I believe it's when Gabe's in double figures, which he easily was, he had 13, that Michigan State's one loss. I think they would lost twice. When he's in double digits, yeah, it, as opposed to when uh, he's not, where they've lost seven times. That um, checks out. Yeah, it was necessary, and and he did. You know, Gabe, I thought deserves a ton of credit in, in ways that he doesn't often get credit for, uh, but definitely should today. He and Max Christie were massive in the way they played against Sasha Stefanovic. They both guarded him, mm. and we talked about it in the preview. I, I remember saying this. You cannot be trailing on Sasha Sistanovich. You can't, because if you are trailing when he's running through picks, he is such a quick release that he just catches, shoots, and it's off before you had a chance to recover. Mm-hmm. Michigan State was not trailing all day, and those two guys, I mean, people are going to focus on the offense, and, and it was a welcome sight from both of them. He and Max, but the way Gabe and Max guarded Sasha Stefanovic, massive. That's the, in my mind, that's the number one reason Purdue only put up nine threes. Mm-hmm. It, you can boil it down to that as the, as your headline is that Sasha Stefanovich, oh, they guarded the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and he only got three. None of them were in my mind were particularly clean looks. I don't think and um and they just didn't yeah they just didn't let him get the opportunities mm-hmm. there were there were so many times where I was I was focused on that and it's they're right there they're right there they're right there. they just never let him get that space because he doesn't it's not like most guys he needs very little space mm-hmm. and they didn't give it they didn't even give him that
0: yep uh Christy 11 points three rebounds two assists five for ten uh one for three from three and a steal.
1: I, I thought he minutes. played, I thought he played a Yeah. And it's funny cause they've been talking about, well, we want to, you know, we've been, we've been burning both ends of the wick with, with Max Christie because of what we ask of him defensively and we got to get him more rest and, you know, we're expanding the playing group. And we saw some of that in Iowa city,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not today. <laughs> um, 35 high quality minutes. I thought Max really competed again, him on the defensive end. Fantastic. What he yeah. did against Stefanovic and others too, but uh, that was the one I was really locked in on, and and then offensively, I thought he played a very mature game. I don't think he you know he's had a tendency lately to at times force some things, and maybe you could say one or he had a, like a driving hook shot, mm. the half hook that maybe you could say was forced. But I, I thought he played well offensively. I thought he was. I actually thought he deserved better. He had that he had that one three later in the second half that. Uh, absolutely deserved to go down and didn't. So he should have had an even better game offensively than he had. But yeah, very, very happy with the way Max played.
0: Mm -hmm. Now Malik Hall, he gets to start 24 minutes to only two points, three rebounds and an assist, um, but two steals.
1: Yeah. um, You know, they talked about it and Hummel said he doesn't understand why. And I think many Michigan State fans are right there with him. Why Malik doesn't get, um, more touches um, I just think the way this game flowed for whatever reason it just was never there for Malik, and and you can maybe put some of that on him maybe some of it on what Michigan State was doing offensively but it just never flowed in a way that that set up for those kind of opportunities you know they and and credit to Purdue I mean Gillis was plagued with foul trouble all game long but he guarded Hall a lot and that kid that kid's a good matchup for Malik because he's similarly sized. He's a good athlete. So Malik can't bully him the way he can some people. And then he, he doesn't necessarily he's not necessarily going to be able to consistently out quick him either, which sometimes is Malik's advantage at the four. Mm-hmm. So some of it was that, some of it was Michigan State doing what they do, which is being inconsistent in terms of getting guys shot opportunities. Um, but I, you know, again, Malik deserved that second three. He took, he absolutely deserved that. It didn't go down. Um, but I thought, you know, he, he competed. He was part of the defensive effort for sure. Mm Uh, and you know, overall I I'd say he, you know, he did, he did his bit. maybe certainly not his best game, Mm -hmm. but he
0: did his bit. Uh, and then Tyson, 20 minutes, eight points, a rebound, four assists, Three for nine uh, from the floor, two for four from three, and a steal.
1: Yeah, again, better, better numbers than I think, uh, or better performance than I think the numbers suggest. I think defensively he was locked in. I mean, they only give him credit for the one steal, which led to a layup. His his only two point basket, mm. but uh, he was he was something at times out there today. And again, part of you know the guys he's guarding frequently are guys like. What did Thompson score? I mean, Thompson. Thompson did not have... think scored. Did he? He had. No, he didn't even get a shot. Nothing. So he, he doesn't get shots. Hunter. Hunter did a little damage. Um, he was. He was three for five, but it was. It was off those curls. He got there was a sequence where he got going off pick and roll, I should say, mm-hmm. where he was able to get down the lane. Basically, the same play they were scoring with Ivy. But you look at what their backcourt did. Not a lot of damage. Yeah. And, and so Tyson was definitely part of that effort. So I thought he played very well defensively. Uh, I thought offensively he did some good things too. Four assists to one turnover. So combined, the two point guards, ten assists, four turnovers, two steals, and a block. You can't be unhappy with four rebounds too. You can't be unhappy with that mm-hmm. uh, in a big in a big time game. That's that's strong. And then of course, you know, it it should not go without remarking again, the game winner. I mean, just really simple, run a pick and roll, get a switch, go take him ball game, (laughs) you know, and that's what he's capable of doing. And I think what we, what we should learn here and what I hope is getting through to him is we take the last couple of weeks together, you know, take that Illinois game and now take this one. it's not only that he's able to do this it's that he's able to do it in big moments he's able to do it under pressure now that illinois game michigan state was at a point where basically they had to score every possession Mm -hmm. to give themselves a chance and they essentially did because he did it that's pressure (laughs) that's real pressure this one tie game you're looking to win it that's pressure and he delivered Mm-hmm. I, I I think he's got to, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I think he is their best player because I don't, he hasn't done enough certainly to show that. But I think there's a really good argument that at the end of the day for this team to be at its best, he's their most important. Mm-hmm.
0: He's because the, if he's, he's he's their certainly best, on he's, he's their best option on offense. Certainly if you had offense. to just pick one thing to yep. do,
1: that wasn't it's, like a team-oriented play. Right, right. And and that's that's taking nothing away from anybody else, but I think that's pretty pretty close to fact mm. at this point. And so, again, I hope that... And, and I look at this, you know, nine shots from the floor is not terrible. I mean, I'd like to see a little more, but as long as he's up around double digits, you can accept that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And, and so I thought he was assertive enough today, but, um, wow. Just to deliver in that moment, that's got to do that combined with the Illinois game a week ago, it just has to produce, I would think a massive bump in confidence. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Look what it did for Joey Hauser when he got that game winner ever since then. It seems like Joey's really played a lot better.
1: Well, um, look at the you bring him up, look at the numbers. Yeah. I mean he had he also had eight points, but two of three from three. He hit deep that one that was a bailout. Deep bailout. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, I mean I thought Joey I thought Joey played a nice game. Nothing spectacular, but a nice game and importantly, played a nice game when they moved him out of the starting lineup. I think the concern all along had been between he and Hall, we don't know that Joey will respond as well. Will feel as comfortable play his best if he's coming off the bench, and and that shouldn't be taken to mean Joey is some kind of prima donna. I don't think that was ever the case. Mm-hmm. I think they just looked psychologically at what they thought they knew about those guys, and today suggests that Joey can handle it because mm-hmm. he was really you know nothing spectacular, but those are that's a really nice contribution. I mean, eight points, three boards, two assists, no turnovers. You know, credible defense all day. I mean, Purdue got basically nothing from the guys that he was guarding. I mean, let me look. Gillis didn't score and first had one bucket. I think he, I think he got one on a lob if I remember correctly. Um, That's not bad. Mm -hmm. So uh, you'd definitely be happy with Joey's production.
0: Uh, And then Bingham 13 minutes, two points, three rebounds, two assists, two
1: blocks, a steal. Yeah. But had an impact in a certain stretch of the game in particular where he had, there were two straight possessions mm-hmm. where he just took care of Edie, which nobody else was going to be capable of doing, you know, yes. he's the only guy on the roster that, that really can do that. Um, but I, I thought, I thought defensively he battled, he played hard and at times, um, it was looking a little more like, what he was providing for the first, you know, 60% of this season mm-hmm. on the defensive end. They only had the one bucket. It was a spectacular one.
0: Um, oh, that's right. Sorry, that was a awesome. lob.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, just, yeah, I, I, he did his part, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to say that's exactly what you want more out of Marcus. You clearly yeah. want more than that on Marcus, but, I think, given the opponent, given the challenges this one posed, all of that, I'm I'm happy with what he contributed. He did find ways defensively to help in this game.
0: Yeah, uh, and then Madi Sissoko, four minutes, a point, two rebounds. Um, but man, some some energy and athleticism, freak athleticism, finally. That Bet- best game he's back. played
1: this year. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny to say about a, a you know 1.2 rebound effort in four minutes, but it was, hmm. it was the, it was the best game he's played this year. And I think that uh, those are the kind of moments and he's had, that's the thing, anybody, and there, there are a lot of people out there who want to go this route, declaring him a bust. Um, there have been enough flashes at both ends. Cause offensively there've been times he's shown a hook shot that you, you see him hit it and you think, well, that's there. Mm. He, you know, he should be able to go to that more. Um, there's still enough there that it's way too early to bury this guy and say he can't be an important part of the program going forward. Yeah. And I, I thought the, the few minutes he gave them today were down the stretch of the first half were huge. Because, you know, that's a segment that, you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to go into halftime with the lead. Now, mm-hmm. Purdue did make a push when he was out there but it wasn't dramatic mm-hmm. and and they still held the lead down. That's all you're asking for. And like you say, that one play on the offensive rebound where he got fouled, that was just a moment that just jolted that crowd and jolted that team. And so that's what you hope for, for guys like that, that mm-hmm. come in, provide some energy, provide some hustle. Um, You know, yeah. Happy with him. Yep. Uh, and then Aikens four minutes two assists yeah maybe a, a little bit surprising to me but i think i wonder I'd, I'd be curious to know the rationale because on paper you would say well Jaden aiken's a really good defensive player and you need to have fresh bodies to be able to stay on these guys like we talked about with Stefanovic, consistently be there on the catch um, don't let Hunter get loose. Don't let Thompson get loose. Mm. You know, all of all of those things deny any dribble. You know, help with you know dribble penetration against Ivy. I just there must have been something. Well, part of it was probably the way that Christie and Brown were playing. You know, um, but I'm a little bit surprised Jaden didn't get more than the five minutes um, because on on paper you would have expected me considerably more, mm. uh, but. You know, he was okay when he was in there. As you said, he had the two assists, um, did have one turnover, but, you know, no major problems. Uh, they just obviously liked the tighter rotation yeah. today, and that's what they went with. Yeah. Did we talk about Marble in detail? I don't think we did offensively. We talked really. about really. Yeah, on let's him a talk about bit. him because he got the start as well. Mm-hmm. And And honestly, even if you weren't trying to shake things up, you could you could say uh, that the way he's been playing, it was certainly merited. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Bingham's been horrible, but I think Marble's been better lately. And it, so it would be a, a, decent, um, a decent thought to reward him for that. But once again, Julius Marble played very, very well. I mean, defensively, when he was in there against E.D., Michigan State suffered because... He's just not big enough. You know, Markey at least gives you a chance yeah. with his length to disrupt him. And we saw that a lot of what Edie got came against Marvel. Um, they tried, I think to mix and match and, and try to match up Marvel more consistently on Trevion Williams, where he's got a better chance. Uh, but they, they weren't always successful in doing that. and, so, I think he, it was not a great game defensively from Julius, but I thought he worked. Mm-hmm. And offensively, you know, it's the same thing we've been seeing five for five, you <laughs> know, and he did it in a variety of ways. Yeah, there were times where he just, you know, slipped a screen or whatever and was open. You know, Purdue got lost and he was open under the rim. He had that one fantastic play that, uh, Hogard made off a pick and roll in Mm -hmm. the middle of the lane where he found him for a dunk was fantastic vision on AJ's part. But, you know, Julius also took it to them at times, you know, and and that's something that's never been, he hit, he hit a 17 foot jumper. I mean, that's never been in question. We've said that for the last, especially the last two years running Julius marble offensively is a solid, good big 10, big man. Mm Mm-hmm. He is a guy that if he was playing, what he play today? He played 23 minutes today. If Julius Marble consistently was a 30-minute-a-night guy, which he might be in other programs, I would venture a guess he could get you. I wouldn't be surprised if he could average you know, at least 12, 13 a game. Mm-hmm. For, for a program that would play him that much, but Michigan State won't for a couple of reasons. One, because they want to keep bodies fresh. And two, because of the defensive and rebounding issues that have sometimes limited his minutes, but that has faded a little bit as he's done a better job. I, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't great defensively and on the glass tonight, I thought he competed. I don't fault him. This is a very, t- this is the toughest matchup you have physically with Edie. There, mm-hmm. There's nobody for for all that Colburn and Dickinson and all the rest give you. This guy is, a, as we talked about in the preview, he's a freak. Yeah. So a six eight guy. Okay, no chance. You know, <laughs> So I don't hold that against him. Offensively, Julius was dialed in. And and the thing about the lineup switch is, although neither Julius nor Malik were huge, I think Malik had a bucket early, actually, but neither of them were hugely impactful from the start. Mm-hmm. But it worked. Michigan State was in the game from the start. They didn't go through that lull in the beginning where they get down, and then there's, we've seen a lot lately, and it just gets away from them. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. So you'd say the new lineup is one for one, even though there, there wasn't a lot of direct causation necessarily. Uh, that's the way it worked out. So I, I suspect we're going to see the same thing on Tuesday night in Ann Arbor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, man, a lot of check marks on this uh, keys, Rod. The first one, guard the ark. Uh,
1: A-plus. The- yeah, I mean, triple checks. Mm-hmm. That that was as good a job of executing the defensive game plan. And Izzo said it at halftime. You know, they asked him about eating, and he said, well, because, you know, as usual, the SPN people aren't the sharpest tools in the drawer. It was Myron Metcalf, who I've never been particularly impressed with. But, um, you know, when well, your first question is, what do you do about Zach eating?" And Izzo's response is, well, we're doing it. <laughs> the game plan is this we want to limit threes <laughs> we want to limit threes and they were one for six from three in the first half and then zero oh for three in the second mm-hmm. so they did it that was the game plan that's what you have to do against purdue and this proves and you've still got to do a lot of other things well to beat that team purdue can have a game like this and beat a lot of people mm-hmm. you know they showed that so it's not that it's it's necessary but not sufficient is the way I would describe it. If you don't hold Purdue down from three, it's pretty much over. Mm-hmm. Because they will get some production from those big guys. It's a given. It will happen at some point. So that means they're getting both things, and then you're really in trouble. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, triple checks, A+, plus, however you want to put it. Maybe one of the best efforts in, in that respect um, I want to go back and see, just since we're talking about it, bear with me a second. I'm going back to the archives here and going back to that 2017-2018 season. And I want to see where, what the stats were. In that. Now, you know what's interesting? <laughs> you know what the final score of that game was? <laughs> what? I didn't realize this until just now sixty eight sixty five. And oh, Michigan wow. State won it, if you remember, on a Miles Bridges three. three. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we got a lot of parallels. A lot of them. Um that's I'm funny. pulling this up to see if I can get uh if I can get the stats here because I want to see what yeah. Miles hit his with two point seven seconds left. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the recap right now. So Purdue in that game, huh? Purdue in that game was 6-for-19, so around 30%, which was a really good job, Mm -hmm. but not on par with today. I mean, today was something else. Now, interestingly, in that game, Isaac Haas had 25 points. And what did he score? Was he at 25?
0: I think he was 20.
1: Oh, I lost my turn here. Uh, Yep, he was at 25. (laughs) Wow. The parallels are freakish. Um. Except again, in that game, you know, six for nineteen absolutely felt like a huge victory. Mm-hmm. I, I I'd have to go back and look to be certain, but I think that Purdue team might have shot even better from three than this group does. Let me just quickly take a look. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Yeah. But I just want to. Yeah, that Purdue team finished the year shooting 42% from three. Holy they man. were the number two team in the country. So that's why six for 19 felt like a victory, because it was. Mm-hmm. You held them about 12 points under their seasonal average, and you limited the attempts and makes enough to win the ball ballgame. Um, but, again, still not on par with the job that this team did today. One for nine. And, it, and that's, you, you just can't do it any better. You mm-hmm. can't play it any better. Uh, and then transition. Yeah. Well, again, another huge success when there wasn't a lot of reason to have faith in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I want to see if we've got the yeah uh, you know, the team the stats. We, so we have. have. A, I'm looking at this. Um, yeah, MSU wins points off turnover 16 to 11. They win fast break points, 19 to two. Wow. It's another very big factor in this game. And again, I would, I would venture a guess that the vast majority of those um, 16 points off turnovers were also transition points. Mm-hmm. Those were fast break points because Michigan State did a lot of that, far more than we normally see, where they they were forcing steals and turning them into transition opportunities. It was not a conventional Michigan State break today, but man, any way you can get it, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so huge deal yep. huge deal uh and then
0: defensive rebounding
1: you know i, I would say a uh, uh, okay you know you're never at, at a place like michigan state you shouldn't be doing cartwheels over giving up a, a 30.4 percent offensive rebounding rate mm-hmm. but given the circumstances given where this team has been given the opponent I think you have to treat that as at least okay mm-hmm. you know certainly, they didn't allow... certainly a a a a progress at least yes yes and and some of it was just bad. you know some of it is that you're competing against a team that that really competes hard and is a very good offensive rebounding group themselves, and so that's you know it's not always all about you, mm-hmm. which is the trap that sometimes fans fall into I can and what I mean specifically by this is there were a lot of plays in this game that were contested rebounds Mm -hmm. where you've got two guys going up for it in traffic and it happens to go off Michigan State well that that goes down as a negative for you you didn't get a defensive rebound but I'm not as upset about that as I am about the easy ones that opponents are getting that they put right back in Mm -hmm. or that they or that they end up kicking out for a three I think Purdue, if I remember correctly, Purdue's only made three, came off an offensive rebound. As I'm thinking back in that game, I'm pretty sure that's how it went.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Ivy. Uh, Ivy, right. Um, but
1: I, I, I'm not terribly dissatisfied with what MSU did there because look, you had Purdue shoot 52% from the floor. If you gave up, you know, another three, four shots, I mean, let's keep it reasonable. Let's say they got 11 offensive rebounds instead of seven. Mm-hmm. You'd probably lose this game. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I think MSU was okay there. I
0: I liked the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the fourth key was shakeup in regards to the lineup and, and playing time, rotations, et cetera.
1: You know, it's a, it's funny because I think when people heard that, and especially given what we saw in Iowa City, I think most people's thoughts, and and I'll admit, I didn't have any idea what was going to happen. Would it have surprised me if Izzo would have said, I'm going to go with young guys who have at least shown a more consistent effort level Mm. and give them more of a chance, you know, that maybe you would see more Pierre Brooks. We didn't even see him at all today. We saw Jaden Akins for five minutes. Instead, he went heavy minutes with Christie and Brown. Um, You know, the rest of those guys (laughs) – were playing pretty much the same kind of roles they normally do Mm -hmm. um you know i don't think any of the minutes for the big men or for the point guards were way out of whack but um maybe a little more hogard what did hogard play he had uh hogard was uh, oh he had 30 minutes that is a little but that also feeds in so basically what happened is um the wing minutes if you want to put it that way, um, got handled by the two starters and then AJ Hogard or Tyson Walker, whichever yeah. way you want
0: to go. Because Walker had twenty minutes rest too. Yeah. So it's not like it so came out
1: him. Right. So that and they played together a lot. So I think the shakeup wasn't as dramatic as maybe people thought. Izzo, once again there's a reason the guys in the Hall of Fame. There's a reason he just tied Bob Knight for the most wins by any uh, coach at one Big Ten school with this victory, mm-hmm. which I think got lost a little bit in you know the, the slide they've had the last couple of weeks, and then you know just the, the drama of winning this game. It's a pretty big milestone, mm-hmm. but uh, you know he he was right. He found a way to tap into these guys and get them to play again. With energy and effort and and focus and heart and toughness and all those things that are, you know, people think are intangible, but that really really matter. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't think they matter, you didn't watch this game because that's a big part of what you saw.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then the crowd was the
1: fifth key. And and look, I think the biggest factor is that Michigan State gave them reasons to get excited early, mm-hmm. right? If, if they get off to another start like they had against Illinois or, or some of these road starts, it's hard for a crowd to get energized. And I, I wondered about that. I wondered, does this crowd, because there have been times at Breslin when Michigan State's gotten off to rough starts and the crowd has brought them back. That's been a, a big part mm-hmm. of why it is such a great environment. But I thought MSU did its part with a solid start. And then the crowd did their part, kept giving them energy to feed off of, which is all you can ask for. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we had five checks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's first time in a while, I think, for that. Sure. And yeah. if even if turnovers had been on there, that had been a, a,
1: a check too. Absolutely. To have a plus seven, who saw that coming? Mm-hmm. And only commit nine? And, and by the way, not many down the stretch. I, I want to say they had nine early in the second half. I can't yeah. think of a lot of turnovers that came after that. No, which not has really. not been an, not been an uncommon phenomenon for this team. It's just that oftentimes they've had 15 in the first 30 <laughs> minutes, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, you're right. That was an area. And, and honestly, the turnovers have not been an issue for a while now. Yeah. They have, they have very, 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 very little to do with why Michigan state has been in the funk that it's been in. You know, I mean, that's, that's just how it is. Um, the, the, the reasons they've struggled are the things that we've been talking about and harping on the defensive rebounding, the lack of energy, the lack of purpose, which shows up offensively too, um, in terms of the quality of shot you're getting. Those are the things that have really in defense at times. Those are the things that have been the problem. It hasn't been turnovers, but I am always ready to welcome a single digit turnover game. Mm-hmm. Okay, well,
0: next up is Michigan, uh, the rescheduled game, yeah. eight thirty on Tuesday. Any? Uh, it, it's yeah, kind of a quick turnaround, and then then they're going to turn right around and play Ohio State on Thursday.
1: Yeah, they're they're, they're up in it, but you know, I, I I don't like this. I didn't like it when the conference announced this is what they were going to do, uh, but we're here. They got to play it, and right now, you've got a Michigan team that is very much fighting for its NCAA tournament life. I I think you never say never, but I think Michigan state probably took a tournament bid issue off the table today. Mm -hmm. They've got 10 wins in the league. They weren't in bad shape in any of the metrics anyway, not bad enough to where you're seriously talking about bubbles. You know, they were still most of the mocks that are out there for whatever, uh, credence you give them, which shouldn't be a ton.
2: There's still like uh, six or There's still a seven, yeah. yeah.
1: So I don't, I don't think there's much to worry about for Michigan State. But you still, you, that's, again, that's one thing. You want to be playing well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You want to make the most of your opportunities in March. And so that's what's really at stake for Michigan State. But Michigan, on the other hand, I, I, does Michigan play Illinois tomorrow? Michigan, play... uh, let's see. Yeah, Illinois tomorrow okay, and it, at it's, two. is it and it's in it's at Chrysler though so that's yeah. a that's a big game for them that's a big game for Illinois Illinois certainly has to be if they needed rejuvenation have to be rejuvenated by what happened in East Lansing today mm-hmm. because now it puts them firmly back in the mix yeah you know so that's a big game for Michigan if Michigan can't get that especially if they can't get it then the game against michigan state is mighty 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 big yeah for them cuz they are they've done they are on the bubble still i mean they've done themselves a world of good lately and they put themselves right now today you would definitely say they're on the right side of it but they are not clear of issues if they can't win games down the stretch now their first game without howard they responded very well but, you know, it was Rutgers on the road. Rutgers on the road is not the same team as Rutgers at the rack. Mm-hmm. They're just not. So that's an important win. You know, it matters. And they also played without Diabate and Williams, so give yeah. them credit. Yeah. They did the job. But uh, it gets tougher. These next two for them are where the test comes, you know. And there, of course, there's a lot of joking around oh, they're better off because Phil Martelli is complete control now. Um, I think Phil Martelli was a really good coach at St. Joseph's, but I don't know that I believe that that's the case. I think these things are always disruptive,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Cause it's not like Phil Martelli's just walking out there on the sidelines. I mean, he's running the practices, everything. Howard's right. completely and, out of the scenario?
1: And and I, and I think Juwan Howard, I, I would expect not being on the inside of that program. I can't tell for sure, but I've always, I thought that the, you know, Juwan Howard is just sitting back with a clipboard and letting Phil Martelli coach his team stuff was always fantasy. Juwan Howard seems to be for better or for worse, really, really, really engaged Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in running his program. I don't think he's let Phil Martelli run it for him. I think Phil Martelli has been a voice of experience and certainly has been able to help him with certain things, but it's Juwan Howard's program.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, you know, losing that voice He's not on. He hasn't been in practice. He's not on the sidelines. You know, none of that. That that matters. So this is a real test for Michigan, at a point where they need wins. Mm-hmm. They still have work to do, to sew up a tournament bid, and so that's going to make Tuesday night, you know, a big game. It's mm-hmm. always big anyway, but the stakes are really really high now. I think both teams, Michigan State, I can say I think they're in now, but I don't think Tom Izzo thinks that way. And so they're still playing for that, but more importantly, they're playing to get better. Mm-hmm. And then on top of all that, they're playing to sweep their rival. Yeah. You know? And and so and then you add in what Michigan's got on top of the rivalry. It should be a live game. Mm-hmm. It should be one where you would expect a lot of competition, um, a lot of hard play, a lot of high effort. It certainly should be. And um, we'll see what happens. But uh, you have to be at least a little more optimistic about Michigan State's chances in that one now. Yeah. After seeing this, even though it's on the road.
0: Okay. Well, any final thoughts? I mean, this is this has to be, all all things considered, the biggest win of the year so far. It,
1: oh yeah. It feels yeah, like it's big because of the caliber of opponent. I mean, you know, I think I think that that's that's the case. You know, we were saying Purdue was still in the mix for a one seed potentially. Yeah, I I think it's going to be very tough for them now, um, but you know, they're they're definitely going to be a two or a three at worst, depending upon what happens the rest of the way. Um, so that's even though it's at home, that's a that's as we've seen, home court is no lock mm-hmm. for MSU. You know, they couldn't get it done against Illinois. Um, obviously, lost a game against Northwestern at home as well. So, you know, this, this mattered. It was mm-hmm. clearly the biggest win of the year. And, it's, and the, maybe the most important thing is there's no good reason for this team to not feel confident in themselves now. Yeah. Right? I mean, they were faced with a very, very big challenge. And they stepped up and delivered. And, and on top of everything, that they executed a defensive game plan that well Mm -hmm. just uh, there's no reason in the world to not feel like you can go out there against anybody and compete. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Just so it doesn't go unsaid. I mean, um, this basketball game is fairly insignificant compared to the other events in the world, but we'll take uh, the good news as we can get it.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, It gives you two or three hours to not think about
0: all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we'll get the uh, preview preview up for Michigan here uh, probably tomorrow night. And uh, until then, the Final Four is not on the schedule. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way, offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who
2: get it done.